Welcome to episode 42 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome, welcome to 42. It's it's, 42, of course. 42. You know what 42 is? The answer to life, the universe, and everything? Yes. There we... (laughs) That was was way too simple. (laughs) Oh, Are there any goodness. other things about the number 42 that you intend to share? Why would you say that? That's so weird. That's such know, a weird I opening. I don't know, because it, it just That's seems so to come strange. up sometimes. Like, like, I know. You're blaming me. It's like, oh, now I'm under pressure to <laughs> perform. I have to perform for you. Is I'm this, afraid so. Is yes. This, yes, going yes you're on a trained here? monkey. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> funny you should ask, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. There's a, There's it. actually a few things here besides the... Yes. Nikon F3 was introduced in 1980. Did you know that? Hey, Good do one, either right? of us own a Nikon F3? I don't. Nor do I. I don't. And we keep talking about it, I but know. not doing it. I know. We've got to yeah, go. Okay. we got to search for that. Um, yeah. But, but something that was really fun is I started looking up old popular photography and modern photography magazines. Okay. Really? Just to see what they were talking about. Like, what was the covers and on and on. So yeah. here is the cover from popular photography February 1980. Ready? Okay, yeah. Is it crazy to shoot Triax at ASA 1600 in daylight? What? <laughs> Next. <laughs> Polaroid new 60-second SX-70 film. Is faster really better? Okay. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> 42 years later, we don't have 60-second SX-70 film. There you go. There All you right. Go. Yes. And, faster is better. Yes. And this is a little sad. The modern oh. photography cover, November 1980, was 27 color films compared. Oh, no. And it was beautiful. Like the cover has, you can look it up. Oh. All The cover has all this film on the cover. And this is like 27 color wow. films compared. So you are you are alluding to the fact that we don't have a choice of 27 color films Not right Not like now. that. And it said so many choices. No. That's what it did. It was crazy. Wow. But yeah, um, I'll bet there were 27 color films to compare back yeah. then, but not yeah. now. Yeah. Not now. All we have is rebadged foam Apparently. But <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up uh, that's what happened in 1980. Yes. <laughs> Very good, Gabe. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> I want to say something before we dive in. I was just listening to the latest Sunny 16. Did you know that Graham is stepping away from the podcast? I know. How do we feel about that? Do you I'm, think he'll be okay in his new career with the Chippendales dancers? Uh, well, it seems like I got a letter from one of them that they were very excited that he was joining. So I yeah. feel that uh, he will do just fine there. Look, other than podcasting, his only skill set is taking his shirt off. Right. And so, right. you know, obviously he's tailor-made perfect. for it's that perfect. job. And so we wish him well. Yes. We wish him well. He's an essential part of the Sunny 16 family. He will be missed. By the way, there was also an allusion to the fact that we never got around to doing that bag show. That's right. So we might have to lure him back for the bag show. This is true. This is okay. true. Anyway. We'll miss him. You know what else we have to deal with, right? We will miss him. We love you, Graham. Yes. Right here at the top. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because we have... A prodigious mailbag. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Are you ready for it? It's very provocative. Oh my There's goodness. lots in here that I love. Mm. We are get so excited when our listeners write in. Starting with 
This is Gary Florchek. He wrote in, Warning, potential fodder for a mailbag read. Insert gushing praise for Smash It Podcast. We don't read praise! Oh my goodness. Anyway, he says, To start, after trading some emails with Jeff, the serial number bug bit, and he found himself purchasing a German-made 90-millimeter Telly Elmerit M from the last serial number batch of this model from Tamarkin Camera. Shout out to Dan. We do love Tamarkin Camera. And by the way, it's Tamarkin auction season. Have you looked at the catalog? Oh my gosh, it is drool-worthy. There is a Leica 72. Do you know how many people have messaged me on Instagram about this Leica 72. This, of course, being the half-frame Leica. Everyone knows. If you combine Leica and half a cookie, I am squarely in the target audience. You're there. You're the shopper. But it's going to go for like $150,000. That'll be a lot of money. Anyway, he also said, second, after listening to episode 41, Come on, dreamers. Who doesn't want a glorious 90-millimeter lens with the provenance of Jeff Greenstein ownership? Don't sleep on the 90-millimeter rangefinder experience. You may find it enjoyable. Lots of viewfinder space to (laughs) contemplate the image framing. He said, finally, if anyone wants a bargain 90-millimeter experience in the form of a travel-friendly Canadian 90-millimeter Tele Elmerit M, reach out to me on Instagram. What are we doing, Gary? Oh, my goodness. This is about me. Anyway, Gary is anagram of gray, G-R-A-Y, on Instagram. Gary... Thank you for writing. Yes, the 90-millimeter Sumicron remains unclaimed. So, guys, if you want that thing, reach out to me. It still is available. And it's beautiful. All right. I will I will it reinforce that the, it, it is, is beautiful, beautiful and in the box. All right. Our next email. Alan Perez says he has a solution to the overflowing mailbag. Do you know what he's suggesting? No. More episodes more episodes (laughs) means fewer letters per episode i am of course ignoring the additional content that will generate even more mail it's not in my storyboard alan perez okay here's the thing guys isn't every other week enough for you people (laughs) apparently not do you think it's easy to get me up to this energy level (laughs) i can't do this every week ah that's funny all right on we go. Thanks for writing, Alan. Hey, this is a great one, and I'm going to read every word. Wow. You know, I don't like to do that. I know. Here we go. Subject line, responding to episode 41, women writing in, slash, serial numbers, slash, found film story. Are you ready? Yes. This is Jerry Ann, one of our prodigious female listeners. I love it. Writing in, are you ready? Yes. Jerry said... I'm writing in response to a few of the topics you brought up in episode 41. First, in spite of my first name being a traditionally male name, I am a woman. So here is at least one letter from a woman for your prodigious male, normally mostly male, bag. Love it. Second, serial numbers. Yes, I am interested in my camera's serial numbers. I have just recently begun the process of creating a database to keep track of my camera collection. Jerry, 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 you're so great. Which I'm guessing numbers around 60 now, (sighs) 60 cameras, but I won't know for sure till I've completed my database. Two of the categories in my database are serial number and manufacturer slash creation date. And my goal is to use the serial numbers to narrow down the manufacturer date of each camera to as close as the actual date as I can get. I must confess to you, Jerry. Even I, Jeff the Compulsive, has not done this. 
There are a few of my cameras where I am aware of the manufacturer date based on the serial number, but not all of them. You got me thinking. All right, third. She <laughs> says, found film story. She says, in January 2022, I had been poking around at antique stores in Bellingham, I'm going to assume Washington, and she came across an Argus C3 brick camera for around $20. That's a good price these days. She said, she tested the shutter, advanced the film, noticed the frame counter and rewind knob both moved, indicating there was probably still film inside. So she bought the camera, rewound the film and cracked it open. Inside was a roll of 20 exposure Kodak Tri-X pan, which I could tell was vintage, but I was unable to narrow down the date of manufacture just based on the film canister appearance. She developed the film in her home darkroom and found a few salvageable images, several double exposures, and several spots of film that were entirely exposed. I'm attaching the images to this email. Oh, very cool. They're kind of cool. They're kind of shaky. Yeah. They look, appear to be some schoolgirls on the steps of a building. Really cool. Really cool stuff, Jerry. Anyway, she says yes. She says there are several group photos in front of a building, some posed, and at least one of people running down the stairs. Next are a couple of double exposures showing a TV screen and a snowy yard, then a large exposed section, which she didn't bother scanning, then some photos of the exterior of a house with a 1980s van in the driveway. The story of this camera, I love this, that she has constructed based on the film inside is as follows. The film was originally loaded sometime in the 60s and used for group photos probably the last day of school. Oh, wow. The camera was then set aside for a time. Then one winter, someone picked it up, played with the knobs, rewinding the film a bit, and clicked the shutter a few times to see if it worked. It then went back on a shelf to be forgotten for a decade or so. The next person to use the camera had it sometime in the 80s. They opened the back, saw it was loaded with film, closed it up, and shot a few frames around the exterior of their house, but they never rewound the film or took it in for developing. And from there, the camera and film passed out of all knowledge until it ended up in an antique store in Bellingham. I love that. This is amazing. Wow. Look how she assembled yeah. a narrative. She's a camera detective. I mean, That's what she is. This is like the great Angela Lansbury who just passed yesterday. That's true. We should take a moment. That was a murder she wrote style totally. reconstruction of the narrative. Absolutely. Oh my God. Cherry Ann, we love that. Thank you for writing. Also, she complimented us, but I don't read praise. <laughs> Her name is Jerry Ann. Her Instagram is DedoArts, D-E-D-O-A-R-T-S. Jerry Ann, thank you for writing with such a cool story. Guys, tell us your stories of found film, and I love the photos attached here. They are so evocative and cool. More of the women. Next up, Tom Northenskold writes, regarding Twitter, you asked if I care whether you were on Twitter. The short answer is yes, I care. I deleted my Instagram account a couple years ago. I won't go into the many reasons I bailed on this. The film community is quite active on Twitter. The hashtag believe in film and hashtag film is not dead. Hashtags are the best way to connect with film shooters on Twitter. Gabe, you are never on Twitter. I am never on Twitter, but boy, I had no idea. So I'm, now I'm going to put hashtags in there and see what comes up. Yeah, I mean, listen, I checked the other day. We have 113 followers on Twitter. I will tell you, if we get to 1,000, I will get very active on Twitter. Okay, great. We know from the analytics, guys, we know everything you're doing. We have thousands upon thousands of subscribers to the podcast. Get on Twitter, guys, and we will follow you there. Next up, thank you for writing, Tom. Mike Sutton says, regarding <laughs> subject line, smash hit podcast. 
<laughs> he says, to paraphrase Mr. Orwell, steel reels good, plastic reels bad. Otherwise, keep up the great show, Mike. Gabe, would you agree? Steel reels good, plastic reels me? bad. <laughs> Let me tell you something. First of all, first of all, if you want to show off alone in your yes. dark room, then you use yes. the steel reels. If you want to go, hey, look at me. I use the steel reels. Yeah. If you want to get the job done, use those plastic things because it guides your film right in there and you go, doop, 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 and there it is. That makes I me mean, happy. I'm with you now. I'm listen, I'm I'm getting there. I'm a convert. I like my, you know, Patterson System 4 or whatever it's called. I I like them. I well, like CC, them. it's so interesting cuz CCR talked about this, I think in their latest podcast. Yes. And and it was interesting cuz I I try to think it was maybe John, but they're really must be very confident with those <laughs> with those yes. chrome reels cuz I just I'm just not very good at it. So, I think I'm going to Listen to it again yeah. and try to follow along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I got to tell you one taste of those plastic reels, and I was like, geez, I don't know if I'm going back to the steel thing because yeah. they feel reliable. It feels like, you know, when you do that little shoopy-shoopy to get the film sucked onto the reel, yeah. it feels like it is really evenly spaced. Mm -hmm. You're not kind of trying to do any magic in the dark. Anyway, so hmm, let's hear from you guys. Next up, our new friend, Marius Grasby. I guess he wrote in because I did such a good job Obviously. pronouncing his. Well, here's what he says Marius says, Dear Jeff and Gabe, I really appreciate you retelling my story on your podcast. A true honor. Your effort to pronounce my name correctly, Jeff, is impressive, but how should I rate it? Well, let me put it this way If perfection is a Leica M3 or an M6, <laughs> your accent is an M5. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it depends now, on who you are. Now, let me ask, is that a compliment or a slam? I am not <laughs> sure. Anyway, Marius goes on. I want to follow up on the Olympus OM system. He says, I told you about my first OM-1, but did not mention I soon got hooked on those cameras. I probably have about 15 of them. No, 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 no. What the no, living no, 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 hell? No. 15? What? Oh my he says his latest acquisition was an OM4, and that camera really surprised me. When I held it in my hands the first time, it was like I was back in the 1980s. Something magnificent from the future suddenly it emerged. Looked different, felt different. Fancy multi-spot metering system blew his mind. He says you should definitely check it out. Holy cats. Knowing you are both avid Leica users, I also have to ask about the Sumilux 50mm aspherical version. Am I correct in assuming that neither of you are using it? No. Uh, I don't use it. I don't have You know it. what? I, I'm not a big 50 shooter with mm. a rangefinder. How yeah. about that? There you go. I do have a 50 millimeter dual range Sumicron that I shoot with, but uh, no, have not sprung for the uh, Sumilux Aspherical. He says it has been his faithful companion on dozens of weddings and portrait assignments. Sharp yet flattering. Background becomes a dream version of reality. He said, I've heard many say the lens creates a medium format look. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a precise description. He's mostly used it on his digital M's, but he intends to use it on his M3 with slide film. How about that? Finally, he says, Gabe, not using any filters on your lenses. That is like putting your baby in the trunk. You just don't do it. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, he includes a picture of his OM4 and his gorgeous Leica M3 with this Sumilux on it. Boo. Marius, thank you for writing. Ha <laughs> ha. Guess who's up next? Here it comes. Oh, I'm just going for it. I mean, look, I spent a an episode in the accent penalty box 
but I am inclined to just let it fly. Are you ready? Yes. Martin McPherson <laughs> says. Oh boy. The subject line is the Scottish agony. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Gabe, you've waxed lyrical about Jeff's X-Pan and Gabe's wide lux, but for the four people among us, have either of you tried 35mm adapters in medium format bodies? Have you done it? I, I so want to say yes, but I, I can't. It's um, Hasselblad. Nope. 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 Just extension tubes. Nope. Nope. I tried it once. On what? With what? I used 35mm adapters mm -hmm. with the 45mm lens in my Pentax 6x7. And let me tell you, the results were gorgeous. The problem is that you have to load and unload in a changing bag. Right. It's inconvenient. If you are out and about shooting with this thing, you have to bring a changing bag because you cannot extract the film any other way. But I will say the images I got were, I'll just say it, exactly like X-Pan images. It's a 45-millimeter lens. The film gate is exactly the same size as the X-Pan. It's a nice thing to try. No, I have not tried it in a TLR. I still have these 3D-printed uh, adapters that he's talking about. Haven't tried it in the Perkeo. Mm -hmm. Haven't tried it in the Roloflex. See, that's what might be fun for you, Gabe, is try it in a Roly. Huh? That would be all new, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yes, I have tried it. I'm Now that I have the X-Pen, I'll never do it again. Okay, and, you know, <laughs> the other option that he doesn't talk about here is the Lomo Sprocket Rocket. Did you ever use that camera? Never. Never. I got to tell you, again, this was part of my inexorable move toward panoramic cameras. I shot with the Sprocket Rocket, and I got some very nice results. Problem? Plastic lens. I wonder if there is anyone who has hacked the Sprocket Rocket cut the lens put off a glass the front lens and put a, yeah, put a glass lens on it because the body is great and the film advance is basic mm -hmm. but very workable. Has anyone done that? Write in. I dream of cameras at gmail.com. He also adds, does Martin, to your talk of needing permits for tripods, Boy. I was once stopped in Cleveland's beautiful Lakeview Cemetery. Is Martin not in Scotland? I don't even... I'm confused. Are you upset now? While, uh, <laughs> while testing a Hasselblad ELM, the person said, are you a professional photographer, they asked. Not really. Why? I responded, wondering if there might be a gig in it for me. The person told him, you have to register with the main office if you're a professional. They drove off and I continued to shoot, but it was a weird interaction for sure. I didn't even have a tripod with me. Besides, what are they going to do about it if I were a pro? That's insane. Gabe, yeah, I loved hearing about your Fashion Week adventures. How does one even get started in that sort of photo world? Gabe, how does one get started? Well, I was very lucky because of Tej Herring. I was very lucky that I had a friend who had clients that were invited, and they uh, thankfully liked my photography, and that's sort of how it happened. It's just, you know, I would, if anyone who really wanted to get involved, I would definitely say you go to New York during Fashion Week and you hang out around, you know, St. John's Lane, so Spring Studios in that area. The world is there. You're immersed in the world. It's totally fine and it costs nothing. And you'll be there, you'll see models, you'll be able to shoot people. It's amazing. So civilians can wander around sure. that outside area. Sure. There you go, guys. Yep. There you go. Show up for fashion. Groups week of with photographers your go around there. Yep. I mean, that to me, I loved all the shots you got. By the way, guys, you need to check out Gabe's recent Instagram post because he has inexorably been uploading a lot of these beautiful <laughs> interior shots that he got at Fashion Week. But the environmental stuff outside is so damn cool. I just, 
I just think it's amazing. It's very so fun. maybe that's the way in. You know? Okay. He also says, Jeff, you give Polaroid a lot of grief, and it's only sometimes warranted. What? But this nonsense about speakers is ridiculous. If it helps pay for R&D on film, then fine. But these are definitely the sort of thing you'll see by the registers on your way out of TJ Maxx. Insane. He did say, in the meantime, would you like a pack of Spectra to put through that camera you couldn't get rid of? My Spectra doesn't work. Do you have, you ever shot with a Spectra? Yes. And, and I remember that you were with me when I almost bought one, but I did not. Oh, yes. You came very close. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I warned you yes, off of it. Yes, you did. Yeah, because the film was just discontinued. Mm-hmm. So uh. he also said FM3A versus OM4T battle invitation from my previous email still stands. Oh, that's a good one. That's really a good one. <sighs> yeah, that could be interesting. Um, okay, worth considering. He finally said, oh, to hear the absolute agony in Jeff's voice during the abridged mailbag. It broke my Scottish ancestors' hearts. I laugh every time I hear my name in those dulcet tones. <laughs> so you can certainly keep it up for me. <laughs> That was terrible. So now it was really a request at this point. So Yeah, now it's a request. He says, thanks for the exceptional podcast. No praise. Okay, on we go. (laughs) Timothy Floyd says, Timothy Floyd forwarded his review of I Dream of Cameras that he posted to Apple Podcasts. Oh, that's so nice. Hopefully. (laughs) You Uh, didn't say it Guys, (laughs) this is just a reminder. As we said in our last episode, please rate and review us. Because the more gushing reviews, like the one I'm about to read, the easier it is for people to find us. Here's just a sample of the kind of florid prose that they expect. Here's what he says. In a world. Do you want to read this? Or should I? Do it. I'll I'll try and do. I don't remember that man's name, the in a world guy. But I will try to read this in the in a world. In a world where dull and boring. How's that voice? Nice. Well done. Okay. In a world where dull and boring photography podcasts dominate the airwaves, where men and women listen at midnight to induce somnolence, where creativity is crushed and flattened by the drone of monotonous babble, two courageous men have risen to elevate discourse, amplify the fun factor, and deliver humanity into a brighter future where all sentient beings, regardless of camera brand or film choice, can delight in the eloquence of their origin and proudly proclaim themselves to be film aficionados. In a world. That's pretty great. I mean, that's very nice, Timothy. Thank you so much, Tim Floyd. Making our way through the mailbag. Here comes Dave Walker. God, do we love Dave Walker. He forwarded an Instagram post about the Cube Pan, which is a new camera from Chroma Cameras. But he also sent along the press release. Ooh, baby. Did you see this thing? No. This is a new camera from Chroma, a compact panoramic multi-format camera with different frames sizes. The largest format with all guides removed is 24 by 72 millimeters. Yes, bigger than an X-Pan. Holy cats. Guys, look into the cube pan from Chroma Camera. This looks incredibly well made. That's crazy. Goes for 350 pounds. And by the way, with the dollar and the pound almost at par, that means this is under $400, which is uh, cheaper than an X-Pan, needless to say. slightly. The cube pan from Chroma. Dave Walker, thanks for the tip. Brian McDonald. Oh, no. no. We've we've gone from avoiding to now just (laughs) diving right in. 
<laughs> now we've gone to actually other countries. He says, I'll keep this succinct. I'm loving my new Pentax 6.7, but not getting to shoot with it much. Mm -hmm. It didn't come with the left-hand grip, which I now covet. I'll take Gabe's if he doesn't want it. Also, have you seen the Instagram account Pimp My Pentax? They make lovely wood grips. It's very cool. Gabe, do you use a left-hand grip with your Pentax 6.7? I do. I do. I, I love that wooden grip. I really do. I just think it looks really, really cool. But uh, as far as ease of use, if I take it off, it's yeah. much easier for me. Yeah, he says he's yet to see an attractive 3D printed grip. Hmm. I mean, I like the one, I think it was, was it Simon Forster who sent us one? Mm. Anyway, he said, regarding travel setup, he is with our listener, Nico Ghirlando, <laughs> Italiano. He says, two SLR bodies, a standard and a wide lens is perfect for me. Are you still the guy who leaves the house with multiple cameras? Are you still that guy? Or have things changed for you, Gabe? We I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Do you speaking? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, so I will God. say one thing, and this is because Travely, <gasps> he posted something, I think, the last couple of days about, you know, going out with just one camera, one lens, and mm -hmm. extra roll of film with this tiny little pack. And that's what I'm trying to do. So what I did is I met Rafael Hernandez the other day, who was huge help to me as usual. And I only brought my M6. And a spare in the car. And? But anyway. Ah! <laughs> but in theory, I really just brought it out that my M6. But um, yeah, I wish I could do it. I'm mm, trying to. Okay. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Brian goes on to say his favorite cheap shooter is the Canon EOS 500 and the EF 40 millimeter pancake lens. What's the EOS 500? Euros? Seriously. Is that before the. I have no idea. Alon? Oh, I'm trying to think. I don't. That's a great no, idea, though. Those EOS, they're. Great cameras. Yeah. I know. I love a 40. Yep. He asked, any thoughts on new land camera? Do you know what this is? No. Okay. So new land camera mm -hmm. is this Kickstarter funded project that will enable you to convert your old pack film camera to shoot contemporary SX-70 film. It's a couple hundred dollars for the conversion. You know what I would do? Buy an SX-70. What is this? <laughs> Come on now. Uh, it, not my jam. Not my jam. And I don't like camera conversion. Sorry. Oh, boy. I would be more apt to get the cube pan than to get... Okay. Finally, he said, my recent gas relapse shifted from the Canon F1 to the Canon A1 to any good pocketable point-and-shoot to a very near purchase of an Olympus XA with mold, but ended up with him buying a Chinon Auto 3001. Oh, that's interesting. I don't interesting. know that camera. He says it's on its way from Hungary. Oh, and here is his final question. I'm glad he asked this. He said, in an episode way back, you mentioned an online film list that tells you what stocks rebadged films actually are. Can you please remind me? Glad you asked. Tinyurl.com slash what is that film? Mm -hmm. I am Mr. Tinyurl. Yeah. I'm going to pitch another one a little later in the podcast, but what is that film? That's where you'll find it. Next up, Bear Brown. Love that guy. Here's what he said. I dream of cameras peeps. On your last episode, 41, Richard Kuhn said to be buried with your favorite non-working model, not a working one. I totally agree. I think if you're not using the camera, you should sell or gift it to someone. Right. 
I have a bunch that I've given away, and I've started to find point-and-shoots are a really good entry drug into shooting film in his filmmaking class. You mentioned the college student, that's Tessa, wanting to get a film camera, and I can tell you from personal experience, they really do exist. Seeing a student's face light up when they are gifted a camera is one of the most rewarding things in the world. Oh, he says he's left Savannah, and he now teaches cinematography at Indiana University's The Media School, and have begun matching up students to cameras, and it never oh, gets great. old. By the way, switching teaching jobs has also invigorated and inspired me. Who knows? I just might write that book on the zone system you <laughs> suggested I do. Do you remember yep. that? That's when I was trashing what a bad writer Ansel Adams oh, is. I said, I want to read the Bear Brown book. Go. Ansel Adams is a terrible writer. Two quick emails from Rolf Tessum. Regarding the new Leica M6, he says, Hey guys, color me skeptical on this one. Two of the well-known Leica repair people. I'm going to skip the rest of this email. Rolf, you are wrong! It's real! Guys, the new M6 is happening. Limited to 500 pieces. It's going to be based on the original M6, not the TTL. It's going to go for, what is it, about $4,600? Gabe, reaction! Okay, first, my first reaction, which I reacted, you know, as soon as I saw it, is why yeah. 500 pieces? I why not agree. just sell the what camera? What is this? There's plenty of people that would like a brand new it. M6, and I think that I don't get it. That part I don't understand. I'm excited that they are coming out with a film camera and it will be an M6, but I'm not sure. And who is this for at that $4,500? Yeah, that's price a price point. point I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I think I pitched in the last episode that if it was 3500 that might bring it down to the upper end of the hobbyist right. range. But this seems like another collector bid. Like, Also, if know. they're going to tout the 500 you know what I mean? I wonder if they're going to say yes. it is only 500 yeah. Yes. Also, only comes in black, but it's black chrome, not black paint. Interesting. So what a... Who are they? It's a little confusing. I mean, look, we're excited about it, obviously, but a little confusing. And is that a better deal than just buying an M6, an old M6 on on the bay? I don't, I don't. Well, care. I will tell you this. I will tell you this regarding since we're just talking about M6. I am going to trade my M6 mm. TTL mm. for a black <laughs> M6. I'm putting it out there. I have a few people talking to me, but I am. If anyone has a black M6, I just want to I just want to trade one. That's all. I feel like I'm trading. in shock. There you go. Wow. I'm just thinking about it. Look at that. Look what just happened, guys. Live on Gee the air. Whiz. It happened. This is because your primary shooter is not the TTL. Yes. yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Penultimate email in the mailbag is also from Rolf Tessum. He says, guys, I just picked up this Olympus OM2 for a song because the owner thought it was locked up and non-functional. As you probably know, I didn't. If you try to fire an OM2 with dead batteries, it will lock up until you reset it via a procedure that is in the manual. How weird. Anyway, he did it. Popped in a new set of batteries, and it works perfectly. He sent another of his luscious catalog-style shots right. of this camera, which is a black-bodied OM2. Pretty lovely. So nice. Our final email, it's kind of a long one, I'm going to do my best, is from Chris Scalomenos. I don't I'm do a buy Greek that. accent. I'm going to say that you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeff and Gabe. 
Love the show. No praise and appreciate all that you guys are doing. He said, since everyone loves Polaroid, I thought I would email about my Polaroid oh, experiences. Boy. One, one of the things you have inspired me to do is spend money on cameras. And so his first purchase from KEH was an ugly SX-70. But what he did was he refurbished it with new leather. It is like this hand-tooled leather look that he got, I guess, a company called Retrospect oh, did the refurbishment for him. It is gorgeous. I would not do this because I like the stock SX-70, but boy, if I were ever going to do it, that is pretty. He also includes the checklist from Retrospect, that's with a K, Retrospect KT, of all the things they did. And they really like CLA'd this top to bottom. I've never heard of this company, but that looks like really good work. He says... This leads me to mentioning some promising tidbits about Polaroid's future plans. Within that stupid Polaroid music press release, that's me editorializing, that is not Chris talking, they said that they are going to continue to work on improving their film chemistries, I'll believe it when I see it, and that they are working on an instant camera that can rival the titans of the 70s and 80s in terms of picture quality. They plan on releasing that next year. Gabe, do you believe it? I find that tough. What do you think? I don't believe it at yeah. all. And if this is the same set of engineering geniuses who brought <laughs> us the I-Type, no thank you. The one step, the new one step is nice, but oh, just I want a vintage I SX-70. That's, a That's what I want. Finally, he said, if you ever want a Polaroid-centric interview, may I recommend Ben Fraternale of the In an Instant YouTube channel? Do you no, know No, but that? let's do it. Sounds great. We're going to check it out. He is part of Brooklyn Film Camera as their creative director. Interesting. He also has some videos with your friend of the show, Ethan Moses. Thanks, guys. Chris from Texas. Great love email. That. We love these. Guys, with that, we will close. The mailbag. Thanks for writing in. As always, you can write to us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. A couple of quick hits, and then uh, I want to ask Gabe something. The guy who literally wrote the book on Olympus half-frame cameras was a man named John Foster. He passed away last year, and his collection is up for auction at Chiswick Auctions on October 20th, which is not long after this comes out. They are some astounding Olympus pen half-frames in this, and some other stuff that's not Olympus pen half-frames. As a matter of fact, he has a Nikon F3 high point for sale. Take a look at it. The prices. I mean, obviously these are anticipated auction prices, but they are pretty reasonable. So we're urging you to check that out. This was a Gabe pitch. Film prices. Now I saw on Twitter yesterday, Kodak is seeking more film technicians because film demand has skyrocketed. Gabe, your thoughts on the state of film prices. Here's my frustration. I mean, look, I like that they're announcing that they're they're making the effort to do that. I think that's fantastic. Yes. My question is, are they also reducing the machines? You know what I mean? Like yes. I, I, film technicians to me is like, okay, let's try and speed things up and uh, make things move a little faster. My question is, are there actual efforts to make some machines or actually get those machines working again? Because you know, they have to bring up their production. It's crazy. There shouldn't be a film yes. shortage now, especially when everyone's getting into it. And then, you know, there are those places that are jacking up the prices so ridiculous. It makes no sense. It's frustrating, especially for young yeah. people trying to get into it. I think you don't want to deal with that. You want to be able to just go to a store and pay a reasonable price and move on from there. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think the two things that indicate a commitment to film is one, keep the pipeline open so totally. that these prices don't spike. So that 100%. The, the entry-level hobbyist who has just gotten a K1000 as a Christmas gift can get a roll of film for under 10 bucks and, and go out and shoot. they're excited about it, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that indicates that sort of commitment, I was thinking today because I, you know, I don't shoot much slide film, but I put a roll of Ektachrome 100, the reissued Ektachrome, through my Nikon FM3A, and it is so brilliantly beautiful it's crazy that is a company showing their commitment to film reissuing an old film stock like that yeah i will believe kodak's commitment to film when panatomic x is back out there right you know or veracrome pan you know or plus x like these they have the formula it's black and white film it's like i would love to see those things return to market you know, I feel like Ilford, when they brought back uh, their ortho films, right. was really showing that kind of commitment. I want to ask you something else. Ask me. This topic got me thinking about. If a company, you know, I've seen, for example, there are a lot of, we just talked about an example of like a 3D printed, you know, Kickstarter funded 35 millimeter camera. Are you interested in those cameras? Or would you rather spend your money on a vintage camera that's in good shape? What are you what are you more interested in? A vintage camera that's in good shape. I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I want to support these people. Right. But I just don't know how you beat the Nikon F or the right. OM1. Right. You know, how or the M3 or even like an Olympus 35RC. Like imagine the homebrew engineer trying to make a nice 35 millimeter rangefinder camera. Are you really going to beat the Olympus 35RC? which you can get on eBay for 150 bucks, yeah. which is more than it should be going for. But I just don't know. And I feel weird about this because what this means is that if we continue to just buy vintage cameras, that's just going to send the prices ever higher. Right, true. And also, if we don't support these hobbyists, those cameras don't get better. So I don't know. But I'm, I feel the same way you do. Yeah. Next question. Yes. Gabe had a rollicking visit. <sighs> Oh my goodness. In San Clemente with the boys from the darkroom. Let's hear about it. Oh, so much fun. So Trev Lee was coming into town and invited us. Jeff was unavailable, but he wanted to go. He wanted yes. to go. Um, and uh, Juan from Beers and Cameras came up and Phil, oh, who owns the darkroom, was there. Yeah. And we met at the darkroom, so it was really fun for me, of course. And it was on a Sunday. And I got a tour, which was really fun that it was not, you know, in a group of people. Yes. It was just, it was just me. And, you know, Juan knows that area pretty well and knows the darkroom. So uh, I got to see sort of their new setup and and what's going on there and, and how clean everything is. And it's I just feel so much more confident getting my film process from a place that I've seen I for see sure. how they work. I see how nice the people are that work there. I see that they they're passionate about, you know, developing film and processing and getting, you know, people happy with the results and I love that. I just love the whole attitude down there, so it was always really really fun. What are they saying about the state of the hobby? Like in terms of the amount of processing orders they're getting? They're getting like a that. They're getting a lot of processing orders. Yeah. I mean, they're from all over. You know, it's, it's you know, all over the world. They're getting 
they're getting orders from everywhere and it doesn't stop like there's just more and more people interested in in shooting film and it's great and i think what trev does which is really exciting and it's sort of like a big circle it's you got one with the beers and cameras that brings people together and on and on and then and then trev who posts these amazing videos you know for the dark room and does you know his videos and um it's it's they're just so helpful you know it really yeah. sort of breaks things down he explains things he he lets people know how the you know the process and it's it's great i mean you should check out the dark rooms videos which trev puts up they're great yeah okay so what cameras did these gentlemen bring okay along so the adventure was great so, so we had that so we so we of course went to the dark room then we went to um phil's place and phil lives right by the beach in san clemente which is beautiful by the pier and we walked down to the pier and we just walked around taking pictures so the camera was okay first of all juan has a beautiful and like a brand new as if it just came off the shelf m3 it's just wow. stunning it's just it's just so great and then uh we had the you know, Phil had the Millennium, the the, the black paint M6. Oh, the which, one I didn't buy. The which, one I didn't buy. Which Trev uh, was using. Um, yeah. Uh, Did it have any wear on the paint? Any sexy oh, wear on no, the black no paint? No, no sexy wear. It's just the coolest oh, okay. thing ever. It okay. will. It will have. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah. But it was, it was amazing. And then Phil was using... You're gonna kill that me. incredible Minolta TC. Is it the TC one? Oh, I didn't. TC one. TC one. Yeah. Black, and it is Ooh. stunning. Like that's just a cool camera. I want to come back to that in a second. Yeah. And then who had the Plowbell Machina? Well, that was Phil's also, Jeez. but but um, but Trev had it, so Trev loaded it up, and of course I went oh. crazy. I was very very excited about that. Um, so he was shooting. I'm surprised at that as well. you have never. I've never used. It. I've never even held one. And I what really did you think holding it? How was it? How was it it's in the, the hand? It's the coolest like, thing. It's just a cool yeah. camera. You pull out the front. It's you know, it's it's really a cool camera. And then I had my M6 Classic, so it was really um, just an amazing adventure. Like we just had, you know, talking cameras and talking about ideas of you know something we can all do and you know figuring out you know how to get everyone together in a very cool way uh it was a lot of fun those guys are just great i had a great time that's great now okay you mentioned in passing the black body minolta tc1 okay mm -hmm. that is one of those high-end point and shoots yep. like the nikon 35 ti or the konica hex raf maybe is mm -hmm. in that category or the contacts something or other t2 it's probably a G2. t3 the issue is with that camera with phil's camera is it's so compact that's what to me what makes it so cool yeah like the konica hexar is a bigger camera and i it's love that camera. camera yeah but it's it, this is just something so there's something so amazing about this little camera it's a little jewel-like camera. Yeah. I think I've seen only one in person, but it's real. And obviously, that's a compact autofocus point and shoot. Built-in yep. flash on that thing? Yes. Are you lusting for one? Yes. Is this something that's... Oh! Yes. Oh, what? definitely. It was so cool. I mean, it was. I just thought it was amazing until I saw the prices and then I went... Mm -mm. What do those go for? A lot. Like I think Is they it... go close to 1000 Oh, jeez. They're probably... See, you know, I won't do that anymore. 800 I, I, I... I'm going to tell you, yeah. 
You won't do it. I mean, that's what your uh, Nikon 35Ti or 28Ti will go for. I right. am not doing that. I mean, it's terrifying to me with these with the electronics for those cameras, the idea of spending that oh, much I didn't money. Think I'm already out on a limb with my X-Pan, um, which is also an electronic well, let camera. Well, let me give you some prices just because yes. it's just a little crazy. So there's there's um, <laughs> Near Mint from Japan. Yes. $1,999. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I, there's got geez. to be a... Uh, let, let's see one that's not mint. So 15, yeah. 15, I'm wrong. 1599, no I'm not 1999, that, 2799, 1589. I found one for 850. There's a Chrome one. Yeah. That's uh, in the 700, 698. Yeah. So it's really from 700 to 900 for a Chrome, and then it goes up for black. I mean, it's, it, as I said, it's supposed to be a nice camera, but I, I ain't going there. But yeah, you seem like one. you said one of the things you said in advance of recording tonight is that you are developing a fixation on these compact <laughs> point and shoots. Yeah. Is this something that goes beyond your obsession with the Yashica T4? You are now thinking you need more of these things? Here's what it is. I love the Yashica T4. The, the thing about the TC1 is it seems very solid, if that mm. makes any sense. It's very yeah, small, yeah, but hear, it's yeah. very solid, and it it, it just feels... It, Oh, great. It just looks like a great camera. The T the Ishika T4 is plastic. Yes. I love the results of it, but it could go it could go down any minute. Yeah, I get you. I mean, that was the thing that I liked about the Nikon 35Ti, which I have summarily trashed on this mm -hmm. podcast. It felt like a quality camera. Titanium right. body, beautiful Seiko dials on the top, like felt like a quality instrument. Right. It takes lousy pictures, but <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't think this we'll takes lousy what... pictures. The TC one. I've, I've seen some pictures and it these... looks. I've got to. I've got to try it. I've really got to yeah. try it. But I'm trying to shoot more film because you know what's funny? It's like going down to the dark room just made me want to shoot more film. There's no question. I was going to ask: Have you had any sort of post Fashion Week come down, having shot yes. so much? Yes, I want to shoot more film. I want to shoot more fashion with film. I, That's interesting. In I spite of the that. fact that you really bonded with that Canon R5 while you I were there. Love, I love the Canon R5. And I have to tell you, I got together, as I said, with Raphael because he's, look, it's like a film professor. I mean, he's the guy, you know, he's a Cal Arts. He's so smart. Yes. And the funny thing was he was starting to show me his process in Lightroom, right? And mm -hmm. it was like I was a three-year-old. My mouth was open the entire time going, what? Like everything he did, I went, I didn't know you could do that. Like wow. Every single thing he did, I did not know you could do. I was shocked. I go, I, I hate to so tell you, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm using like a version of Photoshop Elements that's six years old. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've never used Lightroom. I, I used Aperture it. for a while, but now, you know, Mac yeah. doesn't support Aperture anymore. No, it doesn't. I used to like Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I, so I, so I, uh, yes, I'm definitely, uh, going to be shooting fashion with some film too fab okay a couple of things that i've been dealing with i had a developing mishap with oh, uh, my what? friendly monobath the cinestill df96 which i love it's mm -hmm. the only developer i use because right. i am impatient and because i'm not interested in having lots and lots of chemicals i shoot a variety of black and white stocks and i develop them all in df96 because you can develop a roll 
start to finish in like 10 minutes, which right. I love. Right. The thing they tell you about DF-96, they're very explicit about this. A bottle will last 16 rolls. Do you know what that means? It means 16 rolls. <laughs> I tried to get a 17th roll. No, wait, 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 wait. Exactly 17? Exactly They are 17? not kidding. That's fantastic. This has happened to me twice. Right. Where I'm like, okay, it's a little cloudy. But, like, I can probably <laughs> coax one more roll. No. Right. Exactly. It drops dead. Wow. Just dies after 16 rolls. So I'm just wondering, has anyone else had this experience with this developer? I love this developer, but it just flatlines. Fascinating. Wait, do, you, do you know what that also means? What? That also means the expiration date is probably the exact same thing. Yeah. Seriously. For sure. I'm for sure, sure an unopened bottle, you could not. I would not chance yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no way. Here's the thing, though. I want to talk about bulk loading. You know, I have advocated oh. strenuously for bulk loading on this podcast. I am starting to lose my interest and I will tell you why. Well, you it know why this is upsetting about... to me cuz I've just why? got two I know you have foot rolls. I know. I'm so sad. Okay, tell me. Ugh. I'm just going to share this and I want to hear if other people have had this problem. My problem is all about the canisters. Okay? I have recounted how I bought these cult canisters, which you can buy at Freestyle and other places, and the felt degrades. So I went back to the Kodak Snap Cap. I got some new old stock from the 19, I think, 80s on eBay. Brand new Snap Caps, felt degraded, light leaks. Oy. So I did the thing that they tell you to do, which is you go to your local photo lab and you say, hey, gang, you got any extra canisters for me? Sure. I went to Valley Photo Service in our San Fernando Valley, and they gave me 50 Right. Un, you know, only used once. I am having such a problem with light leaks in these things. I almost feel like these felt light traps are designed to be used exactly one time. Okay, so you're sure. So it's definitely you feel like it's the felt light traps. It definitely is. Okay, good. Okay, it so definitely the, yeah. is. And I'm encountering this not every single time, but I encounter this, I would say, one out of five times. And I, I, I don't want 20% of my rolls to be fogged. Right. You know? And it's really getting to the point where I'm like, you know, am, am I, for the economy of scale that I am realizing by bulk loading, yeah. is it worth it if I'm going to have you be rolling the dice every few rolls? I just want to hear if other people have a fix for this. Has this been your experience? Do you bulk at bulk loading because of this? Have I just been incredibly unlucky? I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, I'll just pony up for Cinestill Double X right. rather than trying to load my up. We'll see how it goes. Right. Do you want to hear my solution? Kind of frustrating. Yes. What is your solution? Two words. Yes. Ethan Moses. Oh, that is so right. Don't you think? Yes. I would love for Ethan to chime in and tell I'm us. I'm serious. I think, I'm some serious. Brilliant I think fix. he would do it. Yeah. Yeah. He could save us. I have one more thing to tell you. Go for it. I just want you to know when I was at the dark room. Yes. And I sent you the picture. Phil put two X pans down on a machine. Oh, God. <laughs> you he, sent me that photo. Yeah, so he has uh, the X pan and the X pan two. That's killing me. Yeah, I was not oh. really familiar with the X pan two, but um, it looked really, really cool. There are two differences. Do you know what they are? No. Okay. One is that rather than showing you the shutter speed on the back when you're in aperture priority mode, which is what the X-Pan does, mm -hmm. the X-Pan 2 has it in the viewfinder. Now, some people don't like oh, that because they I want see. a distraction-free viewfinder. Right. But that is thing one. Thing two is 
that there is a setting where you can have it rewind and leave the tip of the film out rather than sucking it all the way into the canister. Interesting. Okay. As far as I know, those are the only two differences. Also, it's rarer. But those are the two differences between the X-Pan and the X-Pan 2. I don't know if it's worth paying a premium for that, but those are the differences. You got the same paint that degrades. You got the same lens mount, the same viewfinder, the same, a lot of the same electronics. Anyway, I mean, if you want to give me an X-Pan 2, I'm not going to, you know, kick it out of bed. Those cameras are pretty good. Phil has some great cameras, I will say that. Yeah, And he also, you know what else? He collects all that cool stuff. You know, the the Kodak signs, the Kodak, old Kodak oh, canisters. Oh, yeah, the ephemera. Well, you yeah. have some of that stuff. You yeah, have your Leica he has service the, technician. Yeah, he, yeah he, has the, uh, he has the coolest stuff. It's really fun That's to fabulous. see. That's fabulous. Okay, my penultimate thing. Yes. I am once again doing the community a service. Okay, I talked about my tiny URL thing. Okay, by the way, another tiny URL I set up was tinyurl.com slash I want the thingy. If you want to get... <laughs> The Paul BG adapter. You go to tinyurl.com. I want the thingy. It will redirect to Paul's page. I put up one more thing. Consider the following scenario. Are you Mm -hmm. ready? Mm -hmm. You see a buy it now auction on eBay. And you are trying to ascertain how long the auction has been up. To see how motivated the seller might be to accept your offer of something below the buy it now price. Oh, wow. Wouldn't it be great? If you could find out, because you can't looking at the page, wouldn't it be great if you could find out the date that that auction went up? Because if it's a week, he's not going to be open to your making offer. But if it's two years, he might be saying, enough already. This thing has been, I mean, I'm just going to take this guy's offer. Wouldn't it be great? Guess what? I found a thread on Reddit where a guy said how you can by viewing the source of the page and doing a simple conversion, you can find out the date that that Buy It Now auction was uploaded. That's genius. What a big help. That's so great. It's a little complicated. You have to know a couple of things, but whatever. I'm going to direct right. you guys to this Reddit thread. That's this is so good. life-changing. Go to tinyurl.com slash auction start time. Oh, that's great. I have linked it to this Reddit thread so that you guys can see how to crack the code. Isn't that great? I have only found this tip in that one place, but it has proven very useful to me because you can see how motivated a seller might be. We Not only do we educate and entertain, but we inform. <laughs> I think educate and inform might be the same thing. Well, you're very good at the making an offer, by the way. You're very good at finding people that... Maybe. You know, we'll take it seriously. Like you're, you're not afraid to sort of, you know, make an offer and write a note or whatever. Here's my problem. My problem is, I always get the person that okay. So the cam- let's say the camera is two hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> right? Yes. And I'll say make an offer, and I'll offer two hundred and five dollars. Yes. And they will come back with two hundred eighteen fifty. <laughs> That's my luck on eBay. Yep. Yeah. I, by the way, you know, sometimes it will say to you, okay, let's use the scenario. Oh, it just kicks described. it back. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Oh, it I says hate something that. like, like, say they're asking 220 <laughs> Right. And you put in an offer at 150 eBay will say, the seller will be more likely to respond <laughs> if you come with something like 200 I used to think that that was a guideline from the seller. It's not. 
That's a guideline from eBay. I have had, I've gone ahead with those low ball offers on a couple of occasions and had them accepted. Wow. Don't believe it. Wow. When eBay tells you to do that. All eBay's trying to do is skim a little more money. Of course. That's what they're, yeah. Anyway, let us hear if you have any luck with this strategy we just described. I have one final thing. Look at this. We're, we're nearing the end oh of our goodness. hour. Yes. As you know, we started as a planted spinoff <laughs> in the Sunny 16 <laughs> Presents feed, okay? Yes. We are now Laverne and Shirley, which, yes. as you know, eventually eclipsed Happy Days to become the number one show on television. Right. We are now the number one show on television. We have nothing but gratitude and love for our Sunny 16 Presents forebears. But let me tell you something, guys. We're just two schmucks who started a podcast. <laughs> Sunny 16 Presents is amazing. Yes. And we just want to encourage you guys, if you have an idea for even a one-off on a subject that interests you, send it to sunny16presents at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a continuing podcast, that's fine. But they really want that podcast channel to be a for listener-generated content of all sorts. Absolutely. It's so great. Anything. One-offs you know, are perfect for them. Yeah, they and I so enjoy those one-offs. I don't need a continuing series. It's fun right. to just hear somebody talking into their phone while out on a nature shoot. I'd be riveted by that. Right. So we just want to encourage you guys, let's keep that channel active. Just because we left, just because we made such an extraordinary success of ourselves, okay? <laughs> it's also, you may find you're a podcaster. I wasn't. Gabe, well, you know, Gabe well, was a pro. No, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> anyway. Check in with those guys. There is still a rainbow of lovely content on Sunny 16 Presents, okay? Just because Laverne and Shirley left doesn't mean Happy Days still isn't good. Exactly. Gabe, any other final thoughts? Well, I would say that um, I, I decided when I left New York yes. that I would take a break from B&H. Oh. And I just want everyone to know <laughs> that I stood by that commitment and I ordered something right away. So um, yeah, so five I, visits while you were I, in New York was not enough. No, it was not. Apparently, it, was, it wasn't. Wow. Uh, um, I, you know, here, here's seriously a final thought is I, I, I know most people do this, but I'm pretending that they don't. Go out with one camera and one roll of film. <laughs> Everyone pretend you always go out with spare cameras. Go out with one camera, one roll of film, and just shoot. Because that, yes. I'm telling you, it was so freeing. I mean, just being down there, I just had my camera over my shoulder and a spare pack of film in my pocket. And it was a lot of fun, especially with those guys. You might also try sometime committing to shooting a whole roll of film in an afternoon. Just yes. say that's what you're going to yeah. do. You yeah. know, Gabe and I have both had the experience of shooting like the Canon SureShot Multitele. These half-frame cameras are weirdly liberating because mm -hmm. you just spray sometimes. And some cool stuff can come out of spraying because you're not thinking, oh, my God, I only have 36 exposures. Everyone has to be a masterpiece. Right, exactly. So allow yourself to play an experiment, you know? And I love that. Sometimes, yeah, that one camera over your shoulder will let you do that. Exactly. Whom do we have to thank? Oh, my God. This week, we have to thank a few people. So I have to thank Phil yeah. from The Dark Room. I mean, just such a great host. And Trev Lee from The Dark Room, such a great host. Uh, Juan from Beers and Cameras. It's always great seeing him. It was just great hanging out with those guys. And, and The Dark Room is, I mean, 
you know, again, seeing it in person and seeing how much care they have for film photography, it just makes me want to get more and more film developed there. So it makes me very happy. And of course, Keith Greenstein. Yeah. Keith Greenstein, who's made our look. We've given out many, many, many stickers. People love them. People are very excited yeah. to get them. I, every time I see a film photographer, I am handing out a sticker. I take yep. them with me everywhere. So, and I, they are everywhere. I, I believe you saw a sticker on a toilet seat cover dispenser at Largo in yes, Hollywood. Apparently, the other night. they're. Yeah, I'm not sure how happy they were about that, but <laughs> but uh, yes, I did have a friend who went into the bathroom at Largo and someone put a sticker on the. Uh, what do you call those? The cover. Um, toilet thingy. seat cover. Yeah, yeah, toilet yeah, seat yeah. Cover. The bib. The bib. <laughs> 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 they put it on the bib, the chrome yeah. of the bib. Anyway, so that was very fun to see. Yes. Um, and of course, Fred Corey, who has done such a great job with our music and our sound bites. And I'm sure more will be coming soon. I want to mention something because hockey season just began. Oh, yes. You know, we've never mentioned this on the show. When we talk about Fred and his illustrious musical past, yeah. we talk yeah. about him as the drummer in the great metal band Cinderella. Yes. But what is what is Fred's other job? Fred is literally the composer for the LA Kings. And yes. he does everything. For, I mean, he does, you know, the goal song, this amazing goal song. Yes. Which is attrition. They won Stanley Cups with that goal song. And he's done an update to the goal song, which everyone loved. You know, Fred and I actually went to the game last night. Yes. And they love the they love the song and, and he's always doing this a whole bunch of rock and roll compositions he did open the show and open the game and it's just fantastic. And he, yeah, he, so he listen really up. is the sound of the Kings. Yeah, yeah it's really Yeah, awesome. listen up next time you're at a Kings game or when you watch one on TV, all that music is our friend Fred Corey. Yes. You know, so if you like what you hear here, that's you right. will love what you hear during the hockey game. I want to add one more thank you to that list. As we said, Graham is departing, or at least taking a hiatus from the Sunny 16 game. Right. No one has been more encouraging than Graham in the growth of this podcast. Absolutely. Okay? If it weren't for him, there would be no I Dream of Cameras. He has been unfailingly supportive and given us so much love and support and technical advice and just general nudging along for the two, almost two years that we've been doing this thing. And we love him. So, Graham, good luck with Chippendales, and thank you for all the extraordinary love and support. We adore you. Come to California so we can buy you a pint. Absolutely. Okay, uh, as you know, you can go to idreamofcameras.com for all your I Dream of Cameras needs, including lots of sexy merch. Why aren't you wearing an I Dream of Cameras sweatshirt? It's getting cold out. Exactly. You can follow us on Instagram. I Dream of Cameras is I Dream of Cameras on Instagram. Gabe Sachs is Gabe Sachs. I am S. Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is an embezzler. <laughs> Gabe, walk us on out of here. Here's, here's something I want to say that when you're taking pictures, I want this is something I just don't think about, and I thought about it more when I was at the darkroom. Get your stuff printed. If you're not printing at home yes. in your darkroom, the darkroom has amazing facility to print your pictures in a way that you haven't seen before. And I think it's really worth when you go process your stuff, get them printed and give them as gifts. It's absolutely a great idea to give your printed pictures as gifts, especially if you're taking family pics. You could mail them. Yep. It's so much fun. So that's what I think. And until then, wait. I just want to I got to one see more Jeff. thing to oh, say. Wait, wait, wait. It's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. Yes. Gabe's birthday is Tuesday, guys. <sighs> 
deluge him with birthday oh wishes. That's it. Now please. walk us out of here. All right, you guys. We will see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Sunny16 and The Dark Room. And we love you all. Keep writing it. We'll talk soon. See ya.